sometimes it's so easy, isn't it, to do the sensible thing because we feel like we should. And then you go through life living a life of I should when that is taking you so far away from the calling and the freedom that is on offer. Hi everyone, and I hope all is well, wherever you're listening from around the world. Here in the UK, the sun is shining, and despite the many global challenges, it's been an encouraging season seeing Christian entrepreneurs connect and collaborate on a deeper level. We're also thankful to Stewardship for partnering with us on the season of the podcast, and they do such a great work around generosity, stewardship, and giving. So if you'd like to find out more about Stewardship, please Google them and get involved. This episode of the podcast was fantastic. I really enjoyed the insight, vulnerability, and passion of Sarah Louise Martin. She's a leader who leads out of who she is, her personhood and character, and not just her skills and gifts. And this episode was refreshing in many ways, and I know you'll be blessed by listening to it. So sit back and enjoy. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wonderful Leaders podcast and my very special guest today is Sarah Louise Martin who is the co-founder of Impact Central and also a trustee of Fields of Life and uh, really excited to talk with with SL as she's known today um, just because I've got to know her over the last couple of years actually through lockdown and, and, and through a kind of group that we're involved with and just seeing her insight and passion for impact businesses has been really, really, you know, just a, a real joy for me to see, but also just the, the the kind of skills and the kind of heart and vision that she brings to the whole space. So hopefully that will come out today. I feel like I've set her up now. But yeah, so welcome, Marcel. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having awesome. me. No, awesome. Great to have you. And just so for those that don't know you, tell us a little bit about your background and how did that, how's that journey sort of led you to where you are today? Sure. So um, I'm Northern Irish, as you will be able to tell from the accent. So I grew up in Northern Ireland and um, was there um, right up until I went to university and was really passionate about getting out of there, um, which, I mean, there's so many reasons why, but just wanted to go and do something else and be somewhere else. So went and lived in Scotland for four years, went to university there, studied languages um, was really passionate about using my languages where I could. So then went and lived in France after that and then went to the US for a bit and then came uh, to London about 13-ish years ago and have been in London up until the start of the pandemic when I jumped in the car and went back to Northern Ireland. So that's kind of a really whistle-stop tour of, of what brought me to today. And did you go back to Northern Ireland because of the pandemic or was it sort of life, lifestyle choice or? Um, a little bit of both. Um, I I really didn't want my mum to be by herself um, back home. And also I thought naively that it was going to be for three weeks and then I'd be back in London and it would all be great. And ended up, obviously, as we all know, that, that being for much longer. So the benefits were were fantastic in terms of being able to have that time with my family I'm really close to my mom and I've got one brother and he's married and he's got three little boys so it was such a joy to um bubble with them and and just have that time that we wouldn't ordinarily have had 
Oh, that's brilliant. And just looking back at sort of, I know you've sort of, um, as you said, given us a very, very sort of top line overview of your career. But you've, you've been involved a lot in, in several sort of marketing, business, yeah. comms, PM roles. So you've really sort of dotted around that space a lot, haven't you? Most recently is, I don't know if it's most recently, but also with Resurgo as head of comms. Yeah, yeah. So um, I suppose... I have always worked in the marketing space um, or I guess across the whole comms marketing um, side of things and that's been from events to social media to like a pure communications role and to various other um, project management type bits and bobs in between and part of that was strategic and planned and part of it really wasn't so it's a bit of a mixture I think I, I really love people and have always tried to work in areas where I have the ability to work with as many people as possible or to influence whatever the group is um, that I'm working with or the, or the, the product, the end product of um, of the company that I'm, I'm working with. And for the most part, I worked in professional services and to be perfectly honest, absolutely hated it um, because I'm a big extrovert and... You know, that that kind of style just, just didn't really suit me that much. And also, I've always been very purpose-driven and was finding that I was spending so much of my time outside of work trying to create value or create um, satisfaction in my life uh, through various different things that I was involved in. And I was just like, I really need to redress the balance here. So... Um, I did that eventually, but it took a lot longer than it probably should have. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, to summarise, would you say then, kind of the early part of your career, you were really, you know, utilising your skills, but not necessarily finding the passion in the workplace or finding that purpose in the workplace? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I knew that the organisations that I were working for were, you know, were good organisations, and that I was going to learn a lot, but I I was not to get me to get all of me and to get the enthusiasm that you know um I have to be doing something that really connects with my inner being and I just Brilliant. wasn't getting that from any of those um organizations at all and it took me far too long to figure that out which we'll probably talk about a bit later but um yeah I think sometimes it's so easy isn't it to to do the sensible thing because we feel like we should and then you go through life living a life of I should when that is taking you so far away from the calling and the freedom that is on offer for you so I feel like I've learned that lesson the hard way but um it's all it's all come good in the end that's brilliant but you say you've learned it the hard way but you're still you know a young person a relatively young person and you know got so much more to bring and to give and you know there's so many people I know that that I talk to, you know, in, outside of wonderful leaders, just in life in general, people of faith and people of no faith, you know, not of an active faith, yeah. where they, they're still questioning what's really going on deep inside of them. They're still saying, I like my job or I like my this, but it's not really what I want to do. And yet unlocking that want to do to becoming a passion yeah. is a real tricky thing. And I don't want to trivialize it or make it seem easy, but so few people, honestly, I think really do it. That's true. So, you know, the fact that you're in a space right now and helping to empower other startups in that space as well, I think is incredible. So you found your space 
And now you're helping other startups with that. So just kind of segue in then into Impact Central. What does the uh, chief communicator for Impact Central get up to? I mean, it should be chief dog's body because <laughs> as, a, as a startup, as there are three of us as co-founders, we all do everything. Um, my particular area is really how do we make the strongest connections possible to help the startups that are coming through our program to succeed as best they can. So a lot of what I do is building relationships within the impact sector and also developing relationships with um, amazing faculty that can come on to the accelerator program and teach um, those elements of the program. So my role is really varied, which I love. It's very people focused. Um, a lot of what I do is to develop partnerships with other organizations and those other organizations are uh, they have the audience that we want to reach or they have the audience that we want to interact with. And it's about trying to figure out, okay, well, what can we do together that's going to help both of our audiences to succeed overall? So I really love it because it's really creative. Um, partnerships, a lot of it as well is really how do we tell the story of the businesses that have come through our program? And also how do we speak to the change that they're making at a higher, more strategic level? So it's it's part strategic, it's part in the weeds and everything else in between. I absolutely love it. Brilliant. And for those that don't know what an accelerator program might look like, you know, let's talk specifically about yours. How does it look? What does it look like? So we run a six month program and the six month program is broken into two parts. The first part is a 12 week accelerator program. And that is what you might imagine an accelerator program to be. It's pretty full on. It's, it works out roughly in about two days a week. So we run one session on a Tuesday for half a day. We run a full day on a Wednesday. And then we run a check-in and one-to-one on a Friday. And um, we take the founders. So all the founders that are going through our program are running a business that is solving some kind of social or environmental problem. So they're all set up as uh, businesses or startups that are, are set up to make profit and also do good. So there, there's lots of different language around purpose-driven, impact-driven, mission-driven organizations. And sometimes it's hard to, um, to really drill into that. So impact is the key differentiator. Um, we, that is a thread that weaves throughout the program. Um, how do you define your impact and how do you measure it? Because there's absolutely no point calling yourself an impact business if you have no levers or metrics to report on that and also to um to be able to go into the depth of the business and really know at a a really minute level the impact that every single um either your supply chain or every element of your your service is having on people on the planet so we take that bit really seriously so the accelerator is um it's got three learning strands throughout it as well um we, we, we call those stands um, lead, build and succeed. So unlike a lot of other accelerator programs, we really focus on leadership at the very start. And okay. It's, and it's really um, how can you lead yourself to lead other people? And so we go into wiring and um, what your natural leadership style is, what your blind spots are. People hate that bit. Like, who loves being told, well, actually, you know, you need to look out for this because you've identified this is an area that um, that that you're not as aware of, then you're going to have to have someone that's going to spot that for you. So we take a lot of time to go into that because 
Otherwise, how are you going to try and build a tribe and a movement around a business that's trying to change the world if you don't know or you're not aware of, of how you lead and the impact that that's having on other people as well? So that's a first bit, lead. And that focuses really on leadership, self-leadership, then the foundations of your brands and organizations, the brand strategy, then the impact and measurement, which then flows throughout. The second part is build. So that really focuses on the nuts and bolts of running a business. So that's all typical accounting, legal, finance, your business model, um, marketing, everything that makes operations, everything team, everything makes up a business. And then succeed is really, okay, well, how do you then accelerate growth in those areas that you've identified as potential problem areas that are going to stop your business from reaching as many people or helping as many people as possible? So that's kind of the the accelerator part. And then the second part, and then we have this big fun event called the showcase event where people present their businesses to the world. And then the second part, and that's about 150, 200 people from the impact community in a room. Um, And it's more of a party vibe than, um, than really a boring pitch night. It's like the opposite of a boring pitch night. And I like it. The second part of the program is um, is mentor-led. So you have one check-in with us in the accelerator in the week, and then the rest of the time you have a one-hour check-in with your mentor, and that person is really um, delving into the weeds of, say, three problem areas that you have identified that you really need to focus on to help get the business to the next level. So the first part of the program is really intensive in terms of, time uh face-to-face time the second part is much more driven by the founder and it's it's like two hours a week that um touch points with us brilliant i love what you were sharing there about sort of focusing on the leader you know as as a foundational building block of it because um it's super important i think so often you know the amount of times i work with startups or you know leaders that have got a great idea and i want to change the world tomorrow but then you look at their leadership style or the natural way of communication or because business is so much more than just the product or service you're offering it's about how you lead people about how you build teams about how you build culture and no one's a complete leader we all need to understand our strengths and weaknesses and we recently well recently last year ran a mastermind program for a group of startup ceos and it was a 10-week program, and we split it into two. It's personal leadership and then business growth. So every session was focused on, on both of those areas, but divided into two. And the feedback we got was actually we got probably better feedback, not better, but more feedback around the personal leadership side than we did around the business side. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, well, this is what we do is we scale companies. Why, why, why was that not good? They said, no, but we got something from your program that we don't get from most programs. We are actually helping us as leaders, as humans, as people to know who we are and how we connect. Um, and I think that's so important because that really carries through as your business grows and scales. Big time. One thing that I didn't mention earlier was as part of our ecosystem, um, we have two other sister companies um, that work alongside us. So we've got Chorus Angel Network and the Opto Impact Fund. And the idea is that um, as people come to the end of the accelerator program, they might get invited by the Angel Network to present to their um, investment committee. And if the investment committee deems them a really interesting business that has proven traction and the ability to grow, then they might get invited to um, to get funded. So the opportunity really is that 
we would want to work alongside these businesses through the lifetime of their business. So then in a couple of years when they need more funding, they might come back to the fund. There's absolutely no guarantees that, that anyone would get funding when they come on the programme, but there is more likelihood um, for them to to know what they need to do to, be, to put themselves in that position to get funded. So Brilliant. we say that people will be investment ready by the end of the six months. That's a nice way to finish off that section. I like that. So just sort of yeah, sort of helicoptering out a little bit. How do you, as someone is sort of, you know, well in the sort of central central mechanics of the impact investment space in the UK, how do you see the space right now? Is it a growing space? Is it a space that's, that's sort of well-serviced? Is, you know, how do you see it? I think it is definitely a growing area and there's so much data to, to back that up. I think at the same time, um, there is still some skepticism. Can a business that is impact driven make money back? Right. I think for so many investors, they're only focused on the return and have yet to move across to the more kind of patient capital side where they know that they're going to to get that investment back, it just might take a smidge longer than, than something else. And I think really the question is in that regard, what sort of world do you want to leave behind? Right. You know, if if you want to have your money and resources um, invested in companies that are actively working to make the world better for people and the planet and also make a financial return at the same time, then for me, it's an absolute no-brainer. I think there are, you know, it's a tricky one because you need you need volume to change this and you need a lot of volume at the bottom for these really small businesses to grow. So I think it will take some time, but I feel that there's a lot of momentum in this area. And I think even from a consumer point of view, Consumers are demanding a lot more of companies, even yep. big, massive corporates that aren't remotely um, impact-driven or don't have that in their ethos or manifesto. People are demanding more, and therefore, when consumers put more pressure on, then it's more likely that this will become mainstream because, um, you know, those big corporates are not stupid like this. They want to make money at the end of the day. But there are some brilliant things with um, the B Corp movement, which I'm sure you're really familiar with, um, the Better Business Act and the like of that, where they are they're really trying to sway the change at, at both levels, at, at a high kind of corporate level and also to support those startups as they're coming through. So it's going to take a lot of concerted effort, but I do feel really hopeful that we're in a much better place than we were five years ago, for sure. Yeah, brilliant. And I suppose one of the one of the things that we've been experiencing in the last kind of couple of years is different organisations wanting to connect together yes. and go on this journey together rather than as individuals. So the way that I always liken it is we're putting our individual fires together to create a larger fire. Totally, totally, yeah. And yeah. I think that, that's really the key, isn't it? It's it's partnerships. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with, um, there's a, a leadership tool called... or it's on personality and wiring. It's called the five voices and it's been developed by an organization called giant worldwide, who are one of our amazing um, sponsors uh, for a program. And 
there are five key voices that we all have that we flex in different scenarios and situations. So um, my primary voice is a connector, which means that I will um, do all that I can to link people up if I feel that there's going to be something that's going to be that's better that comes out of them right. being connected than being separate. And so this ecosystem that you and I are, are part of and that we've got to know each other through is an absolute joy for me because I can see the potential of if more people were added to that, imagine how that could swell and grow and imagine the impact that that could have over time. So it's, yeah, I feel really encouraged because um, there seems to be much more momentum than there has been. Yeah, brilliant. So I want to kind of um, segue slightly into a little bit of your personal journey and a little bit of your journey, both as a leader, we've been talking about leadership and just kind of, you know, some of those key milestones that got you to where you are today. And, and I suppose, you know, when when we do this podcast, you know, we're hearing these brilliant people with, you know, brilliant testimonies, but we're all very real people on a journey with God and on a journey in life. And so, you know, this is a bit, a bit of a bit of a big question. So I'm not asking you to unpack every area of your life right now. But along this journey of where you've got to today, what have been some of those key events or key people that have been instrumental on that journey that when you plot it back and when you write your book, you'll look yeah. back and go, hang on, that's a chapter heading there. Um, that is such a great question. And I had thought about this, but actually there's something that I was actively going to omit, but I'm now just going to bring it. So um, are you ready? I'm ready. Um, so I think for me, it. It all comes back to a really difficult thing that happened to our family. Um, I'm getting emotional. Um, so obviously, growing up in growing up in Northern Ireland, um, I, um, my father was a policeman, and he was murdered by the IRA in the Troubles a long time ago, a really long time ago, and wow. that that has cast a really long shadow over my life. Really long. Um, and I don't talk about it. I don't talk about it very often. Um, but I have, I've really seen God work in that. And I've really seen, um, he's taken me on a journey. And, um, it hasn't, it hasn't been fun. <laughs> it hasn't been fun. It's been, it's been tough. Um, but I, I think if it hadn't, if it hadn't been for that situation, I definitely wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Um, wow. I've seen the faithfulness of God through lots of um, hurdles and setbacks and disappointment. Um, and <laughs> I wasn't planning on talking about this. That's why I'm a little overcome. So wow. Sorry. Um, well, thank you for sharing. Um, and, and also I've seen God's grace with me where I have been stubborn and dug my heels in and, and not, and probably felt like an Israelite wandering in the desert for a long time. Um, I've seen God's grace, I've seen his love, I've seen his favour. Um, 
And I would say that that's been that's been the root of what possibly what I've run from for a long time, but also what's brought me home. And um, I think it's maybe more home to myself. And then as I've gone on that journey, that has allowed me to, to just fully embrace the opportunities that God has put before me. And we talked earlier about, um, you know, amazing things that we have read or listened to recently. And that's been a life's work, uh, I suppose, to get me to, to where I've been today. And there have been lots of amazing people along the way who have encouraged me and championed me and given me opportunities um, and told me to pipe down when I've needed to be told to pipe down and everything else in between. And I just really, I'm just, I'm so thankful to the Lord because it's been a story of his provision and um, his grace and his sense of humour in so much of it. Um, did I answer the question? <laughs> I can't. Wow. Well, yeah, no, you've answered the question so much more. And just uh, thank you so much for sharing so vulnerably and open. And um, I know it's not an easy thing to do to share that on a podcast. And, you know, I, I'm um, honoured that you've shared that, number one. But also, number two, so many leaders um, will talk about leading out of their strengths. Very few will talk about leading out of their weaknesses. Yeah. You know, and yet the most, some of the most authentic leaders are leaders that lead out of their weaknesses and lead out of who they are because of the brokenness that's come rather than trying to lead out of who they're not and trying to hide that brokenness or not address it or not even, not even, um, not even admit it, you know. And, and unfortunately, I've been in, in leadership environments where um, people try to lead out of their ego and it's, and it's, you know, it's come crumbling down, should we say. Yeah, I've got absolutely zero appetite for that. Like, I mean, what like what you see is what you get with me. I some people can cope with that and a lot of people can't because it makes people feel uncomfortable. Because what does it mean for them and what they have to be but I think I've just got to a place where I'm just like the Lord has made me this way and um and he, 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 I really believe in that verse that he can, it makes all, all things gather, work together for good. And that's right. I've just seen that in the story of my life that it's been like a patchwork quilt. And at times it's been like, what the frig is going on here? Like, mm. certainly I don't understand this God. Like, you know, I thought we had a deal. And I mean, the deal was mainly coming from me and not really from him, but um, it, it's it's all those lessons really in I suppose in in overcoming uh, and I suppose the strength that, that only the Lord can give you um, that's awesome yeah. no I can see that and, and okay let me ask you the same question but a different way what have been some of those special moments or highlights that you've experienced in getting to where I am today mm. it's going to sound weird but um, I think some of the hard times have actually really shaped me in a way that um, they, you know, otherwise wouldn't have been. And I think it's, um, 
I think it's really easy to really question God in those dark times and those difficult moments when it feels like, you know, you're in the sea and, and each wave is hitting you and you're just like, I can't, I, not, I can't, I just can't, not another one, like, no. Um, so I'd say, you know, tough, tough times have really strengthened me in many ways. Um, highlights, God has blessed me with incredible friends. Um, people that have walked alongside me that have brought such fun and life and um, goodness and joy and adventure into my life. Um, and um, I've got a great family. I think one of the greatest gifts really was my, has been my mum. She is such a woman of faith. And, you know, we grew up praying for those who persecute you. We grew up praying blessing on, on the men that, that murdered my father. Like that is not normal. Um, no. I'm so thankful to her because that gave me a real appreciation for what forgiveness actually is. And it's not a one-time decision. It's it's a, an act that you've got to choose to do daily. And that is hard. Um, and I suppose like, in terms of getting to where I am today, one of the greatest joys of my life was working at an organisation called Resurgo. Um, brilliant, brilliant organisation based in London, but all over the UK. And that came at a time where I'd had a horrible experience in a corporate, which just totally floored me. And that felt like such a tonic. And it felt like finally I'm doing something that I am so passionate about that it lines up with um, what I want to kind of get out of life. And also my enthusiasm and joy is celebrated and not, no one's trying to kind of trample it down. And and since then, really, it's, um, it's been, I've just, yeah, it's been great. Brilliant. Amazing. Now, I know one of your passions and one of the things I know you actively do is mentor others. And so how, how does that mentoring and that process of putting everything you've got that you've just been so wonderfully sharing with us, how does, how, how do you do that? What does that look like? And, you know, how does that passion kind of, how did that come about? Because for a lot of people, that's like not a passion. Yeah, I think um, if you love, if you really genuinely love people, you want to see them doing the absolute best that they can do and stepping into who God made them to be, whether they are people of faith or not. So um, I, do, I, yeah, I really love people and I love trying to understand what makes people tick. And, um, and I suppose it's just really trying where you can to take yourself out of the picture and really try and connect with them on, on that level. What is going on for them? What are their hopes, dreams and aspirations? And um, what is it that from a business, I suppose from a business point of view, where has their vision um, come from? What is the North Star? And when times are tough to keep reminding them about that, because that's really the only thing that keeps right. them going. Because like running a business is really rough a lot of the time you'll know this too uh zero glamour loads of headaches i mean you might love and be passionate about the area that you're working in but it doesn't mean that it's it's any easier so it's really what you know trying to just point people back to the north star and why they're doing what they're doing brilliant one day when you have your uh, mentoring 
program. I think it should be called North Star. <laughs> there we go. It's still there. So last question on leadership. We you know what what leaders do you look up to or have you learned from? Present, past, you know, people you met, people you haven't met? Um, I would say um two people that I really admire that I've kind of done a bit more reading on more recently in the past few years is um, a guy called Pete Scazzaro based in New York. He has written the Emotionally Emotionally Healthy Leader and there's a whole series, Husband, Wife, Spirituality, blah, blah, blah. I think he's absolutely fantastic at um, at really connecting our inner life and the impact of doing that inner work and then how that connects to purpose and what God calls us to and, and really living and walking that out. And when you haven't done the inner work, then there's such a disconnect and that's when things get really messy. So that's been really interesting for me. I love that. And then another is Brene Brown. I just think she's an absolute ledge. Like, I feel like we'd be great mates. We'd have the best <laughs> conversations. And I just love that she's fully real. Um, and one thing that um, I was listening to a podcast of hers um, a couple of days ago and she was talking with Viola Davis and Viola Davis, uh, Brene Brown asked her, you know, what is your superpower? And Viola Davis said, my superpower is the courage to be me and all of me. And I know a lot of people don't have that. Everything else is just status oriented. And I thought, wow, like that is it. That's what it's about. Can we, how can we choose to live to be authentically ourselves? And what does that mean? Um, as people of faith how do we live that out and how do we walk that out and how do we encourage and build up other people along the way so i'd love to do a podcast with you just on that topic how <laughs> to be yourself yeah absolutely because i just you know just listen to what you're sharing there and listen to some of your stories and what you shared really you know transparently about your, your you know your background and the family situation it's just honestly too many leaders that just do not live out of who they are. They live out of what they know. They live out of the gifting, live out of position, live out of just, uh, you know, that full self. And I think it's Pete Scazzera that talks a bit about that, your full self, you know, living out of your ego and what you think you're about rather than living out of who you really are, your authentic self. And, and you know, and I just listened to you today. I can just see that authenticity come out on that authentic self coming through, you know, as we've gone through the, the podcast. So, I reckon we should do an episode on that. Anyway, yeah. moving on. <laughs> so what does SL do to relax? What do you do to kind of, you know, unwind and, and chill out? I'm really bad at this. And oh. my friends will tell you. I mean, I think it's because I love people. So if someone asks me to do something, are you on the Enneagram? Do you know about the Enneagram? So like I would be a seven. Yeah, I do, yeah. I would be a seven on the Enneagram, driven by fun, which is definitely me. Uh, so... I'm not, I'm not brilliant at relaxing. I'm, I'm really two years almost in Northern Ireland with not very much community and little opportunity. I have developed a love of cold water swimming. Wow. That is one thing that I am evangelical about. It has been an absolute game changer for me. Absolutely love that. Um, I've also just recently done a, a Wim Hof workshop and had oh, have you with the breathing and, yeah, uh... and and did an ice bath that was pretty cool so cold water exposure is game changer has been such an amazing thing in my life see people talk about that i don't get it i've, 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 I've... talked you through it right? <laughs> here we go 
Well, I mean, you kind of have to do it. You can't. You have to experience it. Um, right. I would say get yourself to a cold Lido if you can. If you need accountability, I'm sure we could get a group together and do it at some point. <laughs> um, I, so I've been doing that in Northern Ireland for the past couple of years. Obviously, I've just moved back to London, so I am going to be doing that in Hampstead soon, like next right. weekend. So that's one thing I do. Um, another thing that I do to chill out, which other people maybe wouldn't think is very relaxing, but I love having people for dinner. So for me, the perfect Saturday would be like, prepping and cooking all day and then having a raucous dinner party of like i don't know 12 people that'd be really fun um wow you are pure extrovert oh yes absolutely 100 percent extrovert and then um i love a hike or a big walk that really helps to turn the noise down i do i do genuinely need um introvert time as well too and that has been a more recent thing um I need I need downtime. So I, I like reading with music. I often will not have the TV on, um, just kind of music in the background and, and some reading. So yeah. Good. Well, it sounds like you maybe don't relax enough, but it sounds like what you do is actually quite fulfilling, which is yeah. a good thing, I suppose. Absolutely. I still don't get the cold water swimming thing, but I'm going to take your word for what, it. What you could do is turn your shower down to oh. cold and just stand under it and do ten breaths, and you will be like alive. And right, okay. The day ahead. I will try and give that a go tomorrow. And then and you can text me or tweet me and be like, had the best day ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'm kind of I just feel nervous even thinking about it. I don't know why, but I'm gonna do it. Okay, I'm gonna do it. Okay, I'm gonna do it on the podcast. Gotta try new things. I've said it now, I'm going to do it. Okay. Right. Cool. Moving on then before I commit to anything else. <laughs> Favorite book or book you're reading right now? You mentioned reading before. Yes, um, I'm reading a book by um Rich Velodas. Um he's from New York and it's called The Deeply Formed Life. And it's about um practices as Christians that we can do to help maintain and grow our faith um, over time. It's fantastic, yeah. And we were, say, we were talking just before um, before we started recording, you actually saw him recently, didn't you? Yeah, I saw him. Um, he was preaching at St. Church in Hackney um, just yesterday. And hilariously, maybe a couple of weeks ago, there was a Twitter thread happening with a couple of Northern Irish guys, and they were talking about... Um, people's faith and faith deconstructing and they were saying you know there's not enough talk about reconstructing your faith and I just happened to jump in and say oh by the way um I've just read this brilliant book this would be great for anybody who's in that process and tagged and tagged him in and then he was like oh I see that you're in London I'm going to be preaching at um church and then I actually met him yesterday so that was quite fun awesome nice final question Asel and we ask all our guests this and we come up with all sorts of answers. Looking back at your life and your leadership journey so far, what is one piece of leadership advice you would give your younger self? Not to be so hard on myself. To be gentle and kind and compassionate. Wow. What a way to end. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Uh, so thank you again so much for just sharing so openly, so vulnerably. Um, sharing some brilliant insight and some brilliant nuggets of uh, of life wisdom there and uh, yeah really enjoyed it and uh, we should do it again love it thank you so much wasn't that great 
I told you she's a leader that leads out of who she is with insight and vulnerability. And that was really, really special time with herself. So thanks again, Excel, for being on the podcast with us. If you've enjoyed this episode, as always, please do subscribe, leave a review and share with friends and family. So take care and don't forget to come back next month with a guest with a great story of seeing a seed of an idea grow into a global brand with incredible investors. So take care and God bless. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Wonderful Leaders podcast and would love to hear how you've been encouraged. So please leave us a review and don't forget to follow and subscribe. To find out more and join the community, simply look us up at wonderfulleaders.com.